Trump vs. Biden. Can you trust the polling? And all the latest on the next round of stimulus. It's time to get informed, America. Let's go. You're listening to Get Informed, America, the only true unfiltered show that's fighting fake news and finding common ground. Now, here's your hosts, Dave Oakenquist and Rodney Johnson. Hello and welcome to Get Informed America, the show that breaks through the mainstream media box to bring you real smart news. Hi, I'm Dave Oakenquist and joining me is the smartest man I know and the editor of Informed America, Mr. Rodney Johnson. Rodney, good morning. Morning, Dave. How does life find you in Houston today, Rodney? Seems to be all right. We got a tropical storm headed our way, although it looks like it's going a little bit south, so that's good. But we still have the next one on the way, right? It's hurricane season. It is what it is. Yeah, also in your neck of the woods, uh, not, not really a topic of discussion, but the, the U.S. told the Chinese consulate to, to close and they responded by burning documents. Anything, uh, did you smell, did you get a whiff of burning paper or are you too far away for that? It's a bit far away, but I look at that and I think, what did you expect? If we were told to burn our consulate or close our consulate somewhere in China, the first thing we would do is destroy all the documents. So yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not hooked by that at all. I think it's very normal. Uh, last thing on that, uh, I believe Marco Rubio, Senator Rubio, and uh, well, he wasn't the only one, but it was, it was basically that consulate was called a, uh, an epicenter of spying. Um, have you ever been approached by a Chinese national to do some dirty deed against your, <laughs> against your country? <laughs> oh, wait a second. If I say no, then it leaves open the door. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. So, <laughs> but have now, you heard that before? Because that, that, that is your neck of the woods. I was just, it seemed like, oh, obviously, that's where they, there's a big spying center. Have you, have right, you and they troll all the streets looking for people who you know, work at home and talk about economics. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're high on the list. Forget all those scientists and all those engineers that live yeah. around me and all those crazy people. So. Well, hey. Well, you are important. And uh, so if, if I was a spy, I would. <laughs> you would have approached. Thanks, Dave. I would, Thanks, Dave. I mean, that would make me a terrible spy. <laughs> All right. So let's get into our topics. I want to lead off, Rodney, with a story that, that you wrote on informedamerican.com. Uh, headline, Biden is leading Trump by eight points, but has even bigger lead among undecided voters, um, which <laughs> the headline kind of says it all in a sense, which is, well, if you're undecided, how can you be <laughs> picking Biden? And, and it does lead to a larger discussion, which is uh, the extent to which um, uh, we can believe some of the polling data coming out. Um, and I think I'm clear here and you're clear here that, that Biden is ahead. But the question is, by how much? And uh, to the extent that some of these polls may be oversampled, Democrats or something like that, that's an old one. Uh, of course, going back to 2016, how, how they were wildly wrong. Um, and it's, it's a very different landscape now. But Rodney, I even saw a poll uh, just a day or two ago at a Quinnipiac that showed Biden leading by one in Texas, which is just ludicrous. Uh, so, I mean, it's certainly an outlier. I mean, they, Biden's not winning Texas, regardless of what happens, um, uh, the final outcome. Um, so, I mean, what do you make of that? And what do you make of this, this Reuters thing with the undecideds as well? Well, I mean, start with the oxymoron, right? How can you be leading among undecideds? By definition, they're undecided. Right. Um, but they were asked if you had to vote today. I mean, if you had, you had to mark one, there was no undecided or you can't choose no, right? Then the lead was like 61.39 to Biden. And that's, you know, that's substantial, clearly. And so that's, that's the thing that I was looking at, right, in the poll. And what I make of it is kind of what we've been talking about for some time is that I believe that, you know, Biden does have a lead nationally. It comes down to those same swing states. I don't think of Texas as a, as a swing state as much as... Um, as much as a lot of people would like to color it purple or 
put it into the undecided box. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people that believes a lot of um, conservative voters don't answer. They refuse to be part of a poll or, you know, they frankly just say undecided or something when they really know they just don't want to be marked down that way. And so I think there is, is something to that, that Trump's doing better than what the polls suggest, but the margin's big enough to where Biden's ahead. No question. Yeah, it may not matter at all. I mean, well, I think uh, nationally, the, uh, the, I think that the, the upper limit for Trump would be about uh, a Biden three-point lead, something like that, which is basically what it was in, in 2016. So uh, in other words, you know, it, there, there is a certain tipping point where a national lead becomes insurmountable, even though it does come down to those, uh, to those states because it's just right. it's a volume. So I mean, we're not that close. I mean, uh, if you would venture a guess, I would probably call Biden up five. That'd probably be where, where I'm at, five or six. I mean, as a, just, just a just to throw a number out there, do you have a, yeah. do you have a thought? More than five, less than 10. But frankly, I think he's far enough ahead in those battleground states. It's going to be pretty hard to catch up. And as I said on this show you know, several weeks ago, I haven't seen anything that the Trump camp has done for outreach to the younger voter and particularly the younger female voter. And until we see that, I think he's running behind. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, I don't know what... Uh... I don't know what, I'm not sure what, what he has to offer them uh, because. Uh, well, uh, first thing is rule of law. I mean, let's, I, I think I'm one of the, again, right? One of those. I'm one of those. I, I look at these protests and I, I support everybody's right to protest, right? Go out and make it happen. Um, the, 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 you know, venture into violence, I do not. And then the venture into just straight up rioting for no particular reason is idiotic. And so when you look at these cities around the nation that are allowing this and they're allowing the destruction of property and then Trump sends in the feds to protect the federal property, which is, by the way, their job. They, it is protected by, you know, federal marshals and federal agents of different agencies. And then people are denouncing him. It's like, what did you want to have happen? And so I think that's working in the favor of Trump uh, for many people who say, wait a second, protest is OK, but the rule of law has to apply or else this is anarchy. And uh, city, well, yeah, with that example in Portland, uh, the mayor got a little bit of tear gas after multiple warnings. By the way, that's something you wrote on. Uh, that's something that I'm going to discuss with the uh, the Facebook. That I'm discussing with the Facebook group today. Uh, so yeah, what is it, it is interesting though. Um, so the law and order thing, yeah, I think this went a little too far. But the 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 really interesting thing is, like in a place like Portland, the mayor, you've no support from the mayor, uh, police force. The mayor won't, or and then the, the governor won't bring in the national guard. So it's a handful of federal troops. Uh, Ronnie, it's almost like um, some of these locales are willing to let their cities burn so that Trump can lose. <laughs> is that, is that well, too conspiratorial? I don't know if it's conspiratorial. They're, they're willing to let their cities burn, you know, for a protest to go on about something they believe in. I mean, I'm not, I'm not assigning them, you know, a bad actor quality. Uh-huh. Um, but, but they're highlighting the exact thing that a lot of people are very uncomfortable with is, you know, as, as they say, you know, if you stand by and do nothing, eventually they come for you. And uh, I won't go through the whole quote, but so, so the idea is, wait a second, the rule of law is supposed to apply to everyone. And if you're saying these people get a pass just because I agree with them, you know, ideologically, that's a real problem when you don't agree with me ideologically one day. And um, so, you know, you go back to the Portland mayor who said, oh, tear gassed for no reason, just standing around. He doesn't say because the protesters started a fire on the inside of the gate by the courthouse where the federal agents were. And they announced several times, this has been declared a riot. You must leave. I mean, it was 
dead on clear and and most of the media clearly i learned it from some media but most of the media didn't portray it that way and so that's people are, are looking at this and going wait a second this sure seems one-sided and not in a way that protects the rule of law and that is the problem no you see the president escalated the situation see they were peaceful until he showed up and egged them on and uh so yeah yeah there's there's graffiti and destruction at, court, at courthouses around the nation that says otherwise <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, the, that that was the escalation, and so what? You just because well, I I'm, I'm not going to make you mad, so you can you just you can just have the whole city because exactly. anything else exactly. would be escalation. You, you can destroy what you want so that you'll be happy. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then you will be happy, right? Once you get that one thing you want, then then, then the mom just goes away, right? They don't yep. press on for Never more. I, I forget. I don't know. We'll figure we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Uh, Ronnie, let's move to the uh, negotiations on the next round of stimulus. We actually asked our Facebook group about this. Uh, many of them, uh, I believe nearly 80%, were not in favor of, uh, of another round of another trillion dollar spending bill, but it is happening. Uh, the question is kind of when and, and what, what is going to be in it. Now, uh, just let's take, let's take the when first. Uh, the McConnell, uh, Senator Mitch McConnell was to unveil the plan yesterday on the Senate floor, but that got delayed, and now they're talking of not introducing it until early next week, which could be Monday, Tuesday, uh, and uh, time is not really on their side, is it, Rodney? really isn't. The, um, the $600 federal bonus for unemployment checks, the weekly $600 bonus check, runs out next Friday, July, uh, July 30th, 31st. And so this is, this is the issue, right? I mean, people are bumping up yeah. against this, this date. There are roughly 14 million people on the, uh, or 17 million people on the federal, or I'm sorry, the state unemployment continuing claims program. There's another 14 plus million on the federal pandemic unemployment assistance program for a total of just under 32 million people that are getting continuing claims. And a lot of these people are getting this $600 bonus check every week. And so if you take that away, it's clearly going to drop their income dramatically. And something related to this, there's a new survey out by the Census Bureau that shows that just over 25% of Americans either missed their July mortgage or rent payment or don't know how they're going to make their August mortgage or rent payment. 25 plus percent of the nation is 43 million Americans. And so the, this comes at a bad time, but, but it comes at a bad time on purpose, right? They put this off, put this off. And so I don't necessarily support these very large programs the way they're structured. And one of the reasons is, if you look at the previous one, which, you know, with the additions they did is now just under $3 trillion. Yeah. They've only spent 60% of it. So, you know, you've got another, you know, $1.2, $1.4 trillion sitting out there that is already authorized that hasn't been used. And the problem is it's held up in bottlenecks for how it's supposed to be used, these Main Street lending programs and these other things that don't really get to the heart of the issue, which is individuals who can't go to work and then, you know, can't spend. And then you have some very small businesses that can't touch the money either. And so, again, I'm not a big fan of what's going on. We have already approved like 12, 13% of GDP in terms of um, this stimulus relief money. When it looks like, we'll get these numbers next week as well, GDP fell by about 10% or a little bit less. And so if we've already approved 12, when GDP only fell about 10, seems weird to say only, but true then why are we going to approve yet another some percentage points of GDP 
to attack this. Let's, let's look to the next level, which is what businesses can come back, where can people go back to work, and how can we motivate that step versus continuing to pay for this stasis that we're in. Yeah, and uh, this, this particular bill uh, is at least, because uh, you mentioned the $3 trillion, the Republican proposal was going to hover somewhere around $1 trillion, so certainly less. But, of course, Democrats won't agree to that, so it's going to be higher. Whatever, the Republic, whatever uh, McConnell lays on the floor, whenever he does, uh, that won't be the final bill. That'll be, that'll be stepping towards a negotiation. Right. Uh, one of the things, just to highlight some of the proposals, uh, they, I mean, they want to basically lessen things. There was the, the $600, there was talk of maybe lowering that to like $400, uh, something like that, as well as direct payments. There was something floated about the, the $1,200 per individual. Last, last round, it was for those making uh, $75,000 or less individuals. And then, of course, combined couples and all that dependence. Um, I think McConnell's first statement was 40000 or less, uh, which I don't know. It's, it's been confu- Nothing's really official here, but that's been floated, although there's some, I believe, comments by Mnuchin said it would stay the same as last time. Um, but it is interesting. I mean, so we've got to see what's going on. I mean, I got to think about this politically, Rodney, because we've got an election. Everything they do, whatever that comes out this round is going to be scrutinized and it may weigh in people's minds um, on how they go to the voting booth. And they'd be like, well, you know, I got 1200 last time and that helped. And now you're only now I don't get it because I, I quote unquote make too much um, while I don't feel like I'm <laughs> anybody wealthy or anything. I'm barely above middle, barely above poor, um, like lower middle class or something just to, or something like that. And uh, well, maybe these guys couldn't do it. Maybe the next guy can help me out. I mean, don't you think that has to weigh on it? Don't you think that's got to be part of the calculus um, going on here about wh- how this might affect voters to, to the extent yeah, but, that people get relief, that 25% that can't pay the rent and mortgage running? Of course, it's part of the calculus is, you know, trying to, to get votes as well. But re-election is always in the backs of the minds of politicians. And now it's in the front of their minds because yeah. the election is coming up. Um, but they didn't choose when the pandemic showed up. And so it, it's, it's, it's an action with a political bent instead of a political bent, you know, coming with an action. So we've we got to look at it the right direction. Um, but the case has always been there, right, where, where the, the argument is um, a difference of um, does the government take care of you or do you take care of yourself? And so, you know, that, uh, the democratic view has always been larger government, beneficent force that comes in, benevolent force that comes in and, and provides these programs that takes care of you in a big way, whereas the conservative view has always been, no, that doesn't work very well because they end up bloated with a lot of bureaucracy and then picking winners and losers, blah, blah, blah. And so we're in the same boat we've always been. We just have this pandemic sitting here. And will it change voters' minds? I don't think so. I mean, is it going to be talked about at the election? I think so. But I, I think people are, are they're much clearer on their views given um, – the history over the past several years with Trump and his programs as to what they want to have happen for the next four years. And frankly, I think the protests are going to play a much bigger role than this. Uh, For my point, um, I understand everything you said. I have the point of view uh, shared by uh, many, I think, is that uh, the government, you broke it, you bought it, you own it. You didn't. Businesses didn't close. There wasn't market forces that uh, that caused all these businesses to close. Uh, the governments said you had to close, and yeah. uh, so they, they you, again, you broke it, you bought it. That's my thought. Oh, by the but way, can they approach- can they come back? That's the the, 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 the and so I kind of started there, you know, a couple of minutes ago. Focus on what the next thing can be, and try to support that. Um, 
So Yelp, which is, you know, the, the rating service that people use for many things, but the big one people talk about is restaurants. And so their survey of restaurants showed that about 24,000 restaurants closed because of the pandemic. And of those 24,000, just over 50% closed for good. Mm-hmm. So they're not coming back. Should you be funneling money to them because they're not coming back? I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the, the reality on the ground. Or do you look at it and say, guess what? We're going to have some version of social distancing or lower density or whatever for a couple of years to come is the estimate. And so focusing on them is the wrong place. We should be focusing on whatever the next thing is, you know, better delivery service, bigger outdoor seating, you know, that, that sort of thing is my point. Yeah. But, mean, but meanwhile, uh, that, what, what, that half of the, those restaurants, you, they have staff who the, that yeah. those, there is no other restaurant to go work to, or there is, it's a, or many less. So yeah, uh, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, Rodney, oh, just on protests, I, I've had this thought, and maybe there's something we can flesh out on another show at a later date as we get closer, but uh, I've, I've had the thought that we're going to see uh, election night and maybe even leading up to election night, there's going to be mass demonstrations out in the streets um, and uh, potentially chaos uh, stories of, I don't know. I see, it, I see it now. I see this as a very coordinated and organized effort. And uh, what are your thoughts on seeing um, this, the, what we're seeing now spilling over onto election night, the eve of election night, that kind of thing? Oh, um, because election night, it, it, would be, it would be odd for that sort of thing to happen on election night because you would presume that the protests would be in places where people vote. And if you start interfering with voting places, then you've really crossed a big line in the United States. I mean, we don't, that, that's, that's one of those things we don't do, or, or, or generally don't do, right? There are some instances of it, which is what makes it, you know, so notable. And so I would be surprised if we see it like that. I, I think you'll see vigils um, as, as opposed to protests. I think you'll see a lot of people out um, who are very interested in the results, uh, particularly if it looks like that Biden is going to win. I think you're going to see just phenomenally big crowds out of people, um, you know, who are who are expressing their point of view. Let's go there. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have keep an eye on that. Uh, a couple of final things before we get out of here, just uh, sort of just get your quick thoughts on things. Uh, the 2021 Ford Bronco, a Jeep killer. That was your, that was your title on foreignamerica.com. And man, this thing looks sweet. And I, I am not a fan of Jeeps. I think they are uh, chintzy and overpriced. That's my official position on Jeeps, but not this Bronco. I think this thing is and will be a Jeep killer. Uh, it looks, uh, it looks chunky and bulky and sleek <laughs> i love it uh so what do you think what do you think of the bronco i mean you you got to be loving this thing too right at least it looks uh, like it so far i think it's cool looking i mean i i like the old broncos from the late 60s in terms of just you know uh the look of them but yeah. the, the broncos from the uh late 70s early 80s that big hulking mass gas guzzling beast <laughs> it could do most anything and so um i wrote about this potentially being a jeep killer and and uh, a reader actually wrote back and is like, nah, the thing doesn't have towing capacity or anything else that, you know, that can match the Jeep. And I thought, well, you know, that's a good point. Um, but, you know, they said the same thing about the, um, the Toyota FJ when it came out, uh, I had to be 15, 16 years ago, right? Yeah. And uh, that thing has that same sort of look as the Jeep and this, this new Bronco. Just the two-door uh, though. It is. And they just don't sell that many. They, yeah. they don't sell that many. And even the Jeep category, you know, they sell a couple hundred thousand a year, dropped to 228 last year. Yeah. This Ford Bronco, you know, they took orders and 
They only took orders for 3,500. They opened it up for another 3,500. It's just not big enough in terms of the numbers, but we'll see. It's a pretty cool looking vehicle. And if they're doing this, I would imagine the next thing we're going to see is a Blazer because G yeah. uh, GMC is not going to, or Chevy isn't going to be left out of this equation because if a category can actually make a little money, they need to get into it. Certainly. Uh, next item, Rodney, uh, we had the, the Washington Redskins controversy. They, they pulled the name. They're ready to unveil, just like Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor. Uh, <laughs> the Dan Snyder was going to reveal the new name of the franchise, and blah, 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 that didn't happen. I think there's uh, potentially some uh, trademark dispute over uh, – uh, anyway, so that's the story. So right now, so for the time being, Rodney, for the start of this, this next season, if there is a season – the, the football team, or they will be called the Washington football team. Uh, that's a hell of a name, Rodney, isn't it? I, you know, is anybody in Ohio taking exception to this? Because, you know, all the players are from the Ohio State. <laughs> and so uh, I, was, I, I thought it was rather collegiate of them to go and do such a thing. Uh, but what the heck, right? The Washington football team. They could have been called themselves all sorts of things, right? The bureaucrats. Um, there's, you know, a number of names they could have come up with that nobody wants and they're the Washington Redskins. So it would have matched the team. <laughs> I'm thinking, um, well, it's good see. I think where we're headed is this is a, this is a name that can't offend anyone. Uh, so I think that's kind of, that's kind of the future here. Everyone will just, it'll just be, we're blue team or something. And then that way, uh, there can be no past grievance. Well, it's probably something right. And then of course, well, I mean, the city, I mean, they're, wa they're from Washington. He owns slaves, so they're still not free there. So I've got to, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Could have taken a page from other football owners. I mean, we call them the Cleveland Browns for a reason. They were owned by the Brown family. Yeah, call them the Snyders. That's right. He should have <laughs> just called them the Washington Snyders. And then it would have been a snide comment and people would have gone that direction. So uh, hilarious. So, <laughs> uh, final item here, a little update on uh, something you also wrote about the, uh, the, the McCloskey couple in St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, famously uh, doing the standoff with their with their firearms as protesters broke into their private neighborhood. Uh, the, a little bit of a, some details came out how apparently uh, Mrs. Uh, Patricia McCloskey, the wife, we see her waving that handgun, uh, infamously, I guess. Well, it turned out that the gun, reason why she was acting what appeared to be uh, irresponsibly with her firearms because it, it, they had removed or did something with the firing pin rendering that gun inoperable. So she could not have done anything with it. She handed that gun over to the police. And then there was an order. Uh, there was an order from the, the, from the city attorney here to the, to the investigators basically to reassemble the gun properly and then, once done, to charge her with uh, using a, a, a deadly weapon. This is insane, Rodney. It, it, it's, it's not insane, right? It's very depressing. Um, so the, the charge, the original charge was brandishing, also called flourishing or exhibiting a weapon. And it has to be a deadly weapon. And so since, as you noted, uh, the pistol was inoperable, the firing pin was in front of the pin spring. And so um, actually the pin was behind the pin spring. And so the, uh, an assistant prosecutor ordered the crime lab to field strip the gun which they did. They, they documented everything. They took pictures and showed that, sure enough, the pen was in the wrong place of the spring. And so then the assistant prosecutor instructed them to reassemble the pistol correctly. And that's the crux of this so that they could, and then they were charged with this crime. So it's, it's very unfortunate that you would see somebody in a position of power like that as a prosecutor, an assistant prosecutor, do such a thing. And uh, I'm, I'm with everybody who wrote in. This person should be immediately 
uh, removed from their job, not, and then not just fired, but charged, because you have to stop this sort of prosecutorial abuse. And we don't. I mean, people say that police have wide latitude. Obviously, they do. We know this to be true. So do prosecutors. Yep. And, and there is almost no leash on them. And so it is very difficult to charge or remove a prosecutor, just as it's very difficult to charge or remove a lawyer. People talk about it. It almost never happens. And so I, I find that to be one of the things in America that we've done very wrong. People who have this power are allowed to wield it. And when they do something like this, heinously wrong, people go, oh, wow, shouldn't have done that. And then we just move on. Yeah. And well, the state AG and the governor are, are, have voiced their, uh, their thoughts against this. Uh, by the way, it's not just who, it's not just for uh, who, who the prosecutors charge. It's also who they don't charge. Uh, the, the famous, well, not famously, but something I talked about to our group here. Uh, this same prosecutor uh, declined to charge dozens of rioters in St. Louis over the, uh, back in early June. Uh, people got arrested rioting during all that craziness in St. Louis. They were Arrested, brought in, and uh, they were just let go. And now we get the McCloskeys, and then uh, the hammer comes down on them. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, something should be done about this, absolutely. Right, and so this goes back to the bigger issue that I talked about a little while ago. The protests are highlighting the fact that the rule of law doesn't apply equally. And, and, and that is a huge problem for a lot of Americans because it, it, it leads to that anarchy um, or, or that, you know, that conformity of thought, because you're then not allowed to express your opinion, although somebody else can go do something like you said, the protester, many protesters actually in different areas are not being charged. And it's like, wait a second, if I go do that for my opinion, I'm going to be beat on uh, and put in jail and yet. And so that's where I think it actually works in Trump's favor. I'll see if, he, uh, if he's smart, he'll capitalize on that. We'll see. <laughs> well, that's all we have for this week, Rodney. Uh, thank you all for watching and listening. Uh, of course, you can become an informed American by subscribing to this channel. And if you've enjoyed the show, hit the like button. Uh, Rodney, uh, if people head on over to informedamerican.com, they can get real smart news. What stories are you looking at uh, maybe putting out there over the weekend and next coming days that people can find? It's definitely going to be about the stimulus package because, you know, we talk about protests, but the, the relief package is money in people's pockets or not, a lack thereof. And then we do get uh, the first estimate of second quarter GDP on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we get the first look at how deep the fall was in the United States. And, you know, what's it going to be? I don't know. Somewhere between eight and 10% uh, overall, and then that becomes annualized. So the report you're going to hear is somewhere between 36 and 40%. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be a big number. It's going to be a big number. Great. For Rodney Johnson, I'm Dave Oakenquist telling you to get informed, America. You've been listening to Get Informed, America, brought to you by the Informed American Radio Network. Please like and subscribe today in order to get new exclusive weekly episodes. Any questions, thoughts, or comments can be sent directly to info at informedamerican.com. And don't forget to visit informedamerican.com to keep up with real, smart news. Until next time, fight fake news and find common ground.